Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Shafen and I have the privilege of leading this amazing church with my amazing wife who is in kids at the moment. And um, so it's very, very good to be with you here tonight. This is actually the first time that I would have been preaching here in about six weeks. Um, And so Jess and I had about two weeks uh, holiday. We had a week down in Busselton, which is absolutely amazing. We spent time at the beach, had fun with board games. Who's played Ticket to Ride? It's a good game, Ticket to Ride, brought to you by Mattel, Um, little promo. And um, that was awesome, spending time at the beach with the family. And then we had the three weeks series called uh, Get Hooked. And um, and it was absolutely phenomenal to be able to hear really raw, real life stories of people from our church, both in Albany, at Ocean's Albany and Ocean's Perth. Some real, real stories about how people despite the challenges that they've been through, as they've hooked their faith into the Word of God and the promise of God, that God is faithful to bring them through. And so if you want to inspire, get inspired and build your faith up, can I encourage you to get online and have a listen, a rehash of our Get Hooked series. And then we've had a three-week series, like was mentioned earlier, about unstuck. And there's different ways we can get stuck in life. We spoke about how we can get stuck when we build up the fence of offense against people. And, uh, and we spoke about the antidote to offense is to forgive. And then we spoke about another way where we can get stuck in life, and that is through the rearview mirror of regret. And I'll tell you what, we've all got regrets in our life, but God calls us not to drive by looking in the rearview mirror, but to keep our eyes fixed on the future, forgetting the past, looking forward and keeping our eyes on Jesus, the one who forgives us, who lifts us up, he's got a hope and a future for us. And then last week, we spoke about, Jaden spoke an awesome message on the fear of man and how this, the fear of man can be a snare, it can be a trap. When we live our lives consumed by what other people think of us, then our lives can shrink down. We can actually live in bondage to the never-ending opinions of people around us. And there's a lot of opinions out there. And if you try to shape and build your life around pleasing people, um, you're going to be trapped and hemmed in and and stuck in your life. But what the invitation was is not to live to please people, but to live to please God, the audience of one. And when you live for God, you you are set free. You become unstuck from living according to the opinions and the expectations of people around us. You can live free. So I want to encourage you to have a little bit of a listen about that. And now we are in our series called Together. Everyone say together. 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 Everyone say together. Together. Okay, one more time. Really loud. Ready? Say together. Together. Very, very good. Awesome. Bit of volume there. Um, And so, you know, I've just been so amazed over the last five weeks for Jess and I. we've, we've We've been here every week just online watching um, also just dropped in last week to take it all in as well. And I've got to say a massive, huge thank you to the team that have done such a phenomenal job of carrying this church all the way through, the leadership team to the Oceans Academy students that we have here as well. And every person that's been shaking hands at the door, making coffees, taking care of our kids in kids' church. Can we just give a big, massive round of applause to the whole team and everyone involved? So great. Um, and so we, we are so great. And Flick was so right. It's not a one-man show. Well, actually it is. It's a one-man show. Um, and we just get to play our part in what Jesus is doing on the planet, which is a lot of fun. Last Sunday was actually our wedding anniversary, 12 years we've been married. 
which is awesome. Best 12 years of my life. My life has dramatically improved since I've been married. So I highly, highly recommend it. Um, marriage is, is a very good thing. And so <laughs> I'm a much better man because of Jess and Jesus as well. Um, <laughs> so we are in this series called Together. And when, when I think about the church, the church is not about a building, and we all agree with that. Um, sometimes in the West we get this idea that the church is a building. It comes from our word church, which actually originates apparently from the German word Kirche, Kirche which means building. But actually, what the church is, it comes from the original Greek word, ecclesia, which will come up on the screen behind me. Church, originally, as it was defined, ecclesia, according to the original translation in the Greek, literally means people, not a building, people gathered together for a purpose. People, humans, relationship, life, not bland buildings as nice as the stained glass windows are. It's not about that. It is about the people, about humanity gathered together for a purpose. Not gathered together just for a group hug, as nice and lovely as that is. And the church actually is on mission. People gathered together to fulfill a divine, God-given purpose. And so ultimately the reason the church, the ecclesia exists today, isn't for itself, but for everyone else who isn't here. It's the only, only organization in the world that doesn't exist for the benefit of its members, but for those that are not yet a part of the church. And so Jesus gave this great commission. Um, after he'd spent three years on earth, he went to go to be with the Father, but he left the responsibility of building the church, of taking God's news with a bunch of 12 almost teenagers um, and all of their friends. And so he's like, I'm out of here, but I'm leaving you with a responsibility. And this was his command in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus said, as he says to us tonight, he said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, number one. So in other words, what I say is pretty serious. What I say carries a bit of weight. So, so, so okay, listen to the opinions of people, but ultimately listen to what I think as number one. He says, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, so therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we can be sure of this. Jesus is here with us right now. We're living perpetually in the end of the age at the moment. And God has not changed his directive from that moment where God says to all of us, go into the world, bringing, carrying the responsibility of carrying this good news to the world who has got to hear it. And so God has gathered us together for this purpose. You know, Jesus at that point could have said, okay, the purpose of the ecclesia gathered together for purpose is to fix world hunger. And that's a pretty noble task. I mean, that's, that's a pretty noble task to fix world hunger. And I'm not saying it's not unimportant. He could have said, your mission is to defeat world poverty. That is your mission. You gather together for purpose to, to fix poverty. That's a very noble mission. He could have said, your, your number one mission is to give everyone without a home a place to live, shelter. And by the way, all of these reflect the heart of God. God wants us to be showing practical deeds and showing his love in a practical level. But at the end of the day, all these things matter. But Jesus' number one mission was not ultimately to meet our needs on earth but to meet a spiritual need in terms of eternity. 
where instead of fixing world hunger, Jesus said, come to me because I am the bread of life. This bread will leave you feeling hungry again. You have to keep on eating and eating. But when you eat the bread that I give, you'll never hunger again. When we think about poverty, Jesus said, don't build your riches and store up your riches on earth where moth and thieves can, can steal and it can rust and decay, but set up your treasures in heaven, which will last for all eternity. And ultimately, the invitation from God isn't, isn't to build our home here, where this is really like an airport terminal, where we're in and we're out in just a moment, but make your home in heaven, and that's what counts most of all. So we, as a church, have been given this mission to bring the good news of God. And so like Flick mentioned earlier, this comes down to our vision as a church. Um, this three-week series together is all about what is God calling us as a people to in the long run. And our vision is simply this, it's to know God, it's to grow together, and it's to go with purpose. God has called all of us, ultimately the only satisfying relationship that we can have on the planet is by knowing God through Jesus Christ, who gives us this free gift of his grace and his salvation. It's that we will grow together. We can't grow in isolation from each other, um, but, but the key to our growth is that we grow together. When I think about the beginning of this church, we we're, were just a bunch of people just giving it a go. And we're still a bunch of people giving it a go. But I can tell you what, we've just seen so many people come from that, that, weren't, that didn't have faith, that didn't even know about the word leadership, that are now le- leading whole areas of this church because we're committed to growing together. We don't grow in isolation. And then finally, to go with purpose. But what this series is focusing on is, is the idea that we would grow together. And so I just want to read out the key scripture for this theme then. The key scripture for this theme from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21 is this. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more, infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. In other words, what, what God wants to do in you, what he wants to do in you is infinitely above more than you could ask or think or imagine. This is God's agenda for you. He wants to do above and beyond what you and I could think about or imagine. He wants us to reach this generation. The Bible says that David served his generation and then he died. For us, we're called to serve this generation. Throughout the annals of history, you and I have been called together to serve this generation to bring the gospel, to bring the good news, to serve this generation. But the key word in this whole scripture is one, comes down to one word. It says, All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within who? Within us. Not me, not one person, not a special person out there, but God wants to work his infinite power through us. And I love the acronym of TEAM. It says, Together, everyone achieves more. So God wants us to jump on the bus of us. Are you ready to jump on the bus of us? I don't know if you're on the bus of me. I don't know if you're on the bus of I. Well, well, I think this. Or, well, I'm going over here. Or me. Well, this is about me, 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 I. That's great if you're on that bus. But can I tell you, that's a bit of a boring one. Um, and it can only go so far. You know, if you get bogged, good luck. But you know what? If you jump on the bus of us, mate, that's, that's where the power is. That's where we can achieve so much more than we could on our own. This is where the power of God is. And so Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 5 says, Just as our bodies have many parts, many, 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 many parts, 
Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, a specially designed function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Have you ever heard of the bone called the staple? It's the smallest bone in the whole body. It's about two and a half to three millimeters long. And it's one bone in your body that actually helps to amplify your hearing through your ear. It's this two and a half millimeter bone. If you dislodge that bone from your body and you just saw it laying on the ground, you'd just be like, it's it's, it's a twig, it's a stick. It's got no significance. You couldn't even hardly use it as a toothpick. It's like, it's useless on its own. what, What use does a weirdly shaped little bone have in the body? Well, separate from the body, it's got no use. But when you take that little tiny miniature bone and have it in your ear, it forms a critical part of the whole operative way that the body works. And, and, and you, might, you might think that bone is insignificant, but let me tell you, you're going to notice that when it's gone. You're like, what's that little thing? It's just irrelevant. No, 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 it's not. You might think that you are irrelevant to the body. You might think that no one will miss me. What have I got to bring? But let me tell you, you are crucially important to God's body, the church. We all bring our gifts. You might be a brain cell. You might be a nostril hair. You might be a toe. You might be a toenail. You might be a sinew. You might be a blood cell. You might be an artery. Whatever you are, you might be hidden. You might be seen. But let me tell you, if you start missing little parts of your body, you're going to notice at some stage. And, and, and can I tell you that you are missed. You are missed, and get, I'm getting re- right down to a practical level. Right now, if you're watching online, right now, if you're here in this room, if you're not in this room, you are missed when you're here. You, have, you are valuable, and every single person has got a gift and something to contribute to the bus. So everyone say, jump on the bus of us. Not I, not me. And so... So this is what this series is about, is being connected to the body together. And, and so what I want to have a look at tonight is just a really simple thought. And that is one thing, is that that is together, anything is possible. Together, anything is possible. And it really is. Any, the impossible can happen when we come together. And so the, real, the, so the real practical behavior, we're getting a bit like in shop, bit, bit, we're talking shop in the, these next three weeks. Can I encourage you, just like Flick said, we, we need to prioritize the gathering. Can I encourage you, can I just get a bit real with you for a moment? Just get a bit real. Can we please come into church? Like, I'm sorry, if you're here for the first time, please forgive me. Please forgive me. All guilt. This is not about guilt, this is about invitation. Can we like get in like ready? Like ready for the, the, the first song isn't the transition song, like elevator lift music. It's actually like, like we're here to worship God. And like Flick said, if we can honor, you know, if we can get to a doctor's appointment and school assemblies and our workplaces and footy games and other things and, um, and you know, and, and all that, we, we can honor God and we can honor each other and, and get here early with the coffee and book our kids, kids off and get to connect with one another. Let's like really, let's do that. Let's shift that around. I think we can do that. Um, together, anything is possible. So I've got three kids, Leanna, Oscar, and Winter, and sometimes they gang up on me. <laughs> They're like little kids, you know. I was wrestling to the floor in a second. But sometimes they gang up on me. I'm driving along, and one of them just pop, pops up. They're like, Dad, can we have a chubba chub? I'm like, 
Ah, uh, sorry. A few moments later, another one pops up. Yeah, Dad, can we have a, can we have a chubba chub? Um, oh, no, 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 uh, no, oh, no, not now, no, not now. And the first one, yeah, can, can we, Dad? Can we? No, um, uh, just, um, no, no, not right, not right now. I, I, I. And then the third one pops up. Yeah, Dad, can we? And then the first one says, like, they see me starting to consider it. They're like, they see it. There's, there's, there's hope. Do it! They're like, do it! Then the other one says, do it! Yeah, they do it, and then they start to chant. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Then like, yeah, <laughs> they would cheer. They're like, we got him again. It's like, there are kids. <laughs> they maybe get them a chub and chub. I'm like, they're at the store. Like, they maybe. <laughs> it's like, they, they know the power together. <laughs> together, they can, they can do way more than they could on their own. And let me tell you, we have power when we do something together. And I want to have a look at a biblical account about how there were a group of people that were so great that nothing would actually be impossible for them. And so the context is Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. This is one of the most profound sections of Scripture that I've come across in just reading through. And a few years ago when I saw this, it just jumped out of the page and and has gripped me ever since, this idea about the power of together. So the context is that the world all spoke the same language at that time. It was after um, Genesis and creation. And, and the world was sort of grouped around that, that area, around Israel in the Middle East. And they started to do something significant. Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. And they all said, they all agreed. So they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. And so here were a people with their number one agenda was about their ego, was about making their name great. And they would, they would bring together their collective strength. They would build this city for their name. They would build a tower in honor of themselves, which all of this is actually, it might sound great, but it's actually anti how God has designed it. You see, as humanity, we live for God. We don't live for ourselves. And so they were all united around what God really defined as, as a wicked or, or an evil or an anti-God sort of opposite direction agenda. And then this is, this is the amazing part of it um, in this next section of Scripture. But it says, But the Lord came down to look at the city. I mean, you can see it already. He didn't have to come down. But he came down to look at the city and the tower that the people were building. And this is his conclusion. This is God's conclusion about people with an agenda opposite to what God wanted. His conclusion was, look, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. This is like God's conclusion about these people was that nothing would be impossible for them. And they were doing something completely, and God was nothing he had nothing to do with it. And, this is, and so what he had to do is divide the people by giving them different languages. And, and so there's three keys about why they were able to do the impossible. Firstly, they were united. They were all united. Secondly, they spoke the same language. If you like, speaking the same language would represent they shared the same culture. Language often helps to define culture. It, it reflects your values and your repeated behaviors and things that you, you give yourself to. And so they were united. 
They spoke the same language. They had a shared culture. And they shared the same purpose or the same vision where they were all about themselves and their own agenda. And so God noticed that nothing would be impossible for them. And so it makes me think this. It makes me think if that was true about them, how much more true is it about us that nothing will be impossible for us who are united not, not to make a name great for ourselves, but a name great for God, who have the power of the Holy Spirit, who have the promises of God available to us, that nothing actually will be impossible for us. As we share the same culture, as we share the same vision, as we share the same direction, nothing will be impossible for us. So unity, or being together, gives us access to the supernatural. And so if you think about two, one plus one equals two, synergy is a word that talks about one plus one equals three. It's like when you have two things working together really well, it can become greater than the sum of its parts. Instead of one plus one equals two, you have one plus one equals three. But you know what? With God, he adds his supernatural onto our natural. God actually adds and undergirds our together with supernatural power. And I'll show you how he does it. First of all, there's two ways that he gives us access to the supernatural. When we're in unity, when we have that beautiful togetherness, you know, it reflects something of the heart of God. When you, when you see something coming together so beautifully, like a sports team, or maybe the rare occasion siblings are actually getting along with each other, um, or you see things working together, there's something compelling about it. There's something attractive about it. When you see it, it's this harmonizing thing that actually it reflects an image of who God is. Because God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. God himself is love because within himself is community and he invites us all to be a part of it. When we see something working together, it reflects the beauty of who God is. And so unity gives us access to the supernatural. First of all, the first thought is this, is that God's blessing is commanded. God commands his blessing on togetherness, on unity. When we come together, God commands his blessing. Psalm 133 verse 1 and then verse 3 says this, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. For there the Lord has commanded his blessing, even life everlasting. It is wonderful and pleasant, isn't it? When you see unity, when you see things just working together, I can tell you what, as a parent, it is just bliss when you see your kids getting along together. It is awesome. And there the Lord commands his blessing. The Lord doesn't leave it as an optional extra, but he commands his blessing. Blessing talks about, talks about abundance. It talks about favor, prosperity, anointing. Greater than the sum of its parts, God commands his blessing and even life, life everlasting. When, when we have a great synergy and togetherness, that is the kind of soil. soil. Soil is what helps the plant to grow, the seed. You plant a seed in healthy soil, then the seed is going to thrive and grow. When we have an atmosphere of together, when we have an atmosphere of unity as a church, then God wants to plant the seed of people's lives in that because it's when we have unity and love that truly people begin to flourish in that context. God commands his blessing on unity. And the other thought is this, is that there is great power in prayer. Great power in prayer when we come together in unity. And Jesus said this, he says, if two of you agree, agree, here on earth concerning anything you ask, 
my Father in heaven will do it for you. I mean, let's just think about the, how profound that verse is. It says, if two of you, I think God was in heaven thinking, how many people can we get to agree with one another? It's like, maybe five, <laughs> nah, three, mm, two, maybe. All right, let's make it two. If two of you on earth can come together in prayer around agreement, around anything, then my Father in heaven will do it to you. Agreement, unity, sees the supernatural power of God released in any situation. And can I tell you that for, for Jess and I, when we've come against all kinds of barriers in, in our life, when we've prayed individually about things, there's a certain level of power around it. But when you come together and pray in agreement around it, let me tell you, the power of God is, is released as we've prayed together. Um, I remember just a few years ago when we had just started this church, we, we were under quite a lot of weight of responsibility um, ourselves and we started to pray we started to say god would you send leaders our way that can help us to carry the weight of responsibility on, on of this church and so at the beginning of 2020 we got on our knees in our living room and we're like god would you raise up an army would you raise up leaders and it was at that point that we actually started oceans academy and since that time we've seen 20 students come through oceans academy since that time we've seen a leadership team a phenomenal leadership team birthed in this church. It's just been a phenomenal miracle to see. I mean, there's been so many barriers that we've hit along the way that Jess and I, we've come together in agreement. The power of God is released. Um, another example was a mate of mine called Jason, who was best man at my wedding. And he was actually, he won't mind me sharing his story. He was actually addicted to meth. He was actually a drug dealer. And, um, and I remember um, a few of us as friends started to individually pray for him. We really carried him in our hearts and praying for him. But I tell you what, when we got serious and we're like, this is, act- this is war. We need to fight for our friend in prayer. When we started to gather together in agreement and started to pray for him, and we started to actually list a list of friends that we needed to see the power of God release, one by one, they started dropping like flies. One by one, the power of God began to interrupt their lives with his love. And then my friend on one Saturday morning at the front door of his house, bashed in by the cops. He was arrested. He was taken to prison. He was set out on bail by his parents. And that night he called out to God. And that night he got born again. That night he had no addiction. The next morning he had no come down as he came off his drugs. And then rather than dealing drugs from his house, he began dealing the Holy Spirit where he started having gatherings and connect group at his house. You know, he's now married with four kids and he's actually running the second biggest hardware store in Albany right now and it's having a massive impact in the church down there and you know the power the supernatural power of God was released no human could ever have have articulated or, or manufactured that in his life but as we came together in agreement the power of God the supernatural power of God was released and so for us as a church God invites us to be in agreement you know we might not agree about everything all right <laughs> Pro-vaccines, anti-vax, um, wherever it is on the aisle, you, you might see You know what? Our, our, our goal isn't to agree on everything. Um, controversial or, or political, right now a few of you are getting a bit uncomfortable. Um, it, it, the aim isn't to agree about everything. In fact, I hope that we're a church full of people who disagree about a whole lot of range of issues. But we agree on one thing, and that is we are united under the name of Jesus. And we exist to reach the gospel 
the world with the gospel and the love of Jesus. He, he is our one source of unity. He's the one that we have agreement under. And that is the beauty of the gospel. That is where every person of every nation, of every tongue can come together under the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 2 says that God's spirit is poured out on all people. On all people, young and old, male and female, slave and free. God wants to pour out his spirit on all people. And so just, just really, really practically, what I want to encourage us with, and, and this is such a practical thing. Can I encourage you to prioritize the gathering? Prioritize the gathering, whether it's at Oceans or if you're a part of another church. Can I encourage you all throughout your life, prioritize the gathering, not, not as an optional extra to add into the mix. If everything goes well, if the sun's up, then I've got a better plan. Um, maybe, maybe you know, maybe I've got sport on. A sporting game has popped up, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and check out that. Let, let a habit in your life be that you actually prioritize the gathering, because, because how can we be in agreement if we're not gathered together? What God wants us to do is to gather. He wants us to have agreement, and He wants us to commit. Have a level of commitment together. And if you're here just checking out the church, can I, can I tell you? It's all right. It's good. Come and check it out. Come and come and come as you like and go as you like. You're free. But for those that call Oceans home, can I encourage you, prioritize the gathering. You know, Joshua actually said, he said in Joshua chapter 4, verse 15, he says, choose today whom you will serve. And then he says to Israel, would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? In other words, will it be sport? Will it be something else pops up? Will you elevate recreation above God? Will you, will you elevate all these things above God as, as, as God has been the, the optional extra maybe that you have when it's convenience? Will you put the God of convenience above actually prioritize the gathering and being Jesus' body on earth? But Joshua's conclusion was this, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We will prioritize the gathering. Um, there's, there's a bit of a, a saying. It says, casual Christians become Christian casualties. From Pastor Jared. Oh, that cuts through. Let me tell you, casual Christians do become Christian casualties. Have you ever heard of casual soldiers? Yeah. Maybe you wear my armor today. Maybe you won't. Yeah, maybe I'll... Maybe I'll keep the enemy at bay, but yeah, you know. Let me tell you, we are in a spiritual battle and there's a spiritual war for your soul. There's a spiritual battle for the soul of your friends. There's a spiritual battle for those out here that aren't a church or another church. There's a, this, this is a fight. This isn't a game. God has invited us not to be casual. Another thing is apathetic Christians get apathetic results. Let me tell you, if you want no results or apathetic or okay results in your Christian walk, then treat church, the gathering that God has set up, as an optional extra. Be apathetic about it. When it's convenient for you, when the planets are aligned, when I feel great, when I haven't had a late night, when I'm not tired, then maybe you'll rock up. Well, maybe they can be the This is a bit confronting. Well, maybe God might be apathetic about the results for you. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But you know what? God invites you. He says, no, 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 come on. Let's not be apathetic or casual around our faith. This is war. And God invites. He wants good for us. His invitation is to prioritize Him, to prioritize the gathering. And we will see the supernatural power of God released 
in our lives as we do that. I want to encourage us to decide it. Everyone say, decide it. Say, decide it. Make a decision to prioritize the gathering. The word decision, the English word decision, the Latin root word for the English word decision, it literally means to cut off. So when you make a decision about something, you actually cut off every other option. I made a decision to marry Jess, my beautiful wife, and I very happily cut off every other option out there. I made a decision. When I made a decision to follow Jesus, I cut off every other option. I'm following Him. Can I encourage you to make a decision that in your life, you're literally going to cut off every other option and prioritize the gathering so that together we can do the impossible. We can see this world saved with the gospel and together we can see heaven come to earth and people reached. And so what does that mean for us? Really, really practically for us who call Oceans home. If you don't call Oceans home, there's, a, there's an invitation for you to belong. You might have seen the slogan underneath, our, um, underneath Oceans, our logo, and it says you belong here. Our heart is that people would find belonging with us. And so like Josh said earlier and Flick, we have our dinner parties every single Thursday night, every single Thursday night during the school term. And so we do what we call a temple to table rhythm. We're in Acts chapter 2, when Peter preached the gospel, 3,000 were saved in one day, and then another 2,000 were added to the church. This was a mega church of 5,000 people. The first, first church was a mega church. So how do, they, how do they do their pastoral care? How do they get to know each other in a crowd? Well, what they did is they gathered, gathered at the temple, but then they gathered in homes around the table. And so they, had, they adopted this rhythm, and we call it the temple to table rhythm. If you, if you hope to get to know people just by turning up on Sundays, then, then good, good. But let me tell you, the strength of your journey will come when you are a part of our temple to table rhythm. If you're unable to, then just do the best that you can. So as a church, our main point is that together we achieve the impossible when we have unity. And I want to encourage us to prioritize the gathering. And so tonight, why don't you just stand up with me right now? And why don't you just make the most of this moment, just this space, in the next few moments, why don't you close your eyes right now and you before God in your heart, just like Joshua said, as for me, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And so tonight, if that's you in your heart, why don't, why don't you make a decision right now before God? God, as much as you enable me, oh God, I want, I want to do whatever it takes to cut off every other option, every other good thing that gets in the way of the best. God, I want to be part of heaven on earth. I want to be part of a miracle. I want to be part of a move of God. Lord Jesus, have mercy on us, God. If we can't gather together, how can we hope to have a revival? How can we hope to reach people with the gospel, God? But tonight, Lord God, we want to choose to be your people. We want to choose to be an army, Lord God. Lord, we want to choose to be an army, Lord God, a family, but yet an army that is on call, Lord, that is ready. Lord God, to stand aside and to be ready for your call, Lord, to be ready for your command, to be ready for your leading, Lord God. We say, yes, Lord, fill us with your spirit. And so right now, Lord Jesus, we stand here before you, Lord. And right now for those of you right now, why don't you just pray under your breath and pray. God, tonight I choose, I decide to prioritize 
the gathering. I choose to prioritise being a part of the ecclesia, the people that are gathered together for the greatest, noblest purpose on the planet. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that right now, Lord God, as we make this decision in our heart, Lord God, that you release the supernatural, Lord God, that you do the impossible, Lord, that through, Lord God, through us, Lord Jesus, in our brokenness, Lord God, we say, yes, God, we're available. We thank you, Lord, that you cause us to grow together. We thank you that you cause us, Lord God, to do something impossible, Lord God, and that together, Lord, that we can do abundantly above all that we ask or think according to your power and work within us, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just sing this song as a prophetic declaration? Thank you, Lord.